0: You are listening to the Venture Scale SaaS Operator, the podcast where we interview founders who are actually in the trenches. We talk about the transparent journey of how they built their SaaS companies, how they grow them, and what they would do differently if they would do it all over. Hey folks, with us today, Seymour, founder of Welp.co. Super happy to have you.
1: Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you so much, and and big shout out to you and to your team for putting this together. I really appreciate the fact that you know there are platforms like yours giving a chance for entrepreneurs to share the stories. You know there are a lot of aspiring, new, beginning founders, and founders like myself that we are not in the beginning, but we haven't had too much success yet, and and we can share the success and failure stories as early as
0: possible so that. Others can avoid that. So, thank you for having me. Thanks a ton, man, for you coming on as well. And then I would love to dive right in. What problem does Wellp solve for its customers?
1: There are three P's I always focus on when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? The problem, the product, and the profit, right? You need to start with the real problem that solves. The main problem Welp solves. Have you ever called any company, could be airline, could be telecom, could be hotel, and you were put on hold? more times than I can count. <laughs> <laughs> and El, let me ask you this. Have you had a chance when you were listening to this music? Like they put you on a music, right? they put you on a hold and yeah. then there's music. Sometimes it's good music, but most of the time it's a sake music. You have to listen. And it feels like it's raining outside, but it's not, you know? And then <laughs> when you are on the hold, you're calling you're, because you're angry, you're frustrated, and they'll put you on this horrible song and you're on the hold. Waiting, and that song reminds of your first love. You know where you failed. Your you know first breakup. Your debt. Your mortgage fee, and you hate them more. Like with this song, Uh, what we notice, what I personally notice, is that I hate being on hold. And I was asking people. I was like, Hey, do you really enjoy like waiting on hold? And nobody. Literally nobody, maybe like some people who have got something to do, like while they're waiting on hold, they get things to do. Many of us do not like waiting on hold. That being said, many companies, many com- businesses will still put people on hold. Welp solves the problem of being put on hold. We help companies, that's where the name comes from. We help companies automate their customer support so that not a single customer can be put on hold anymore. That's what we solve.
0: Yeah, and then who is the typical customer company that is using that? The typical customer, when we started, we started for
1: small and medium businesses, right? Small and medium businesses. Because when small and medium businesses grow, their pains grow as well. Like where one of the biggest challenges for small and medium businesses is that when they grow, they get more increase number of inquiries coming from more customers. Because if you're serving two people, they will ask two questions and you're done, and you can convert into FAQ. But you are serving 1,000 people and you are exponentially growing, right? And your team grows as well. Uh, Most of the time, companies lose the quality because of quantity. When the quantity goes up, the quality goes down. So we help small and medium businesses when they grow, to avoid the pain of growing customer inquiries. That's what we help with. And we work in six uh, verticals, <clears throat> six industries that we more closely work with. That is e-commerce, that is retail, that's real estate, that is hospitality, banking and financial services, and insurance.
0: Okay, I would love to dig right into that to, to get really actionable. How did you start with one specific vertical and went like vertical by vertical by vertical? Or how did the focus to this, those specific six verticals came around? Great question. In the beginning, we
1: thought that we're building something for every, everyone, which is the biggest mistake any entrepreneur can do. And uh, when they ask you, what's your go-to-market strategy? Oh, you know, there are hundred million people. If I can get 1% of them, no, that's not going to work. Your product is not for everyone, and that is the biggest challenge. We thought that our product would be for everyone, you know, for the e-commerce and for the banks and for hotels, for the airlines. However, the market tells you something else. Unsense and 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 sometimes to your surprise, our first customer was a bank and then the travel agency. We were like, well, the bank actually dropped us. That's when we first first experienced the churn rate. And then travel agency. Since 2019, still with us. It's a massive travel agency and they they use us heavily, and we're very proud that we serve them. But then uh, we got banks on board, we got financial institutions, right? Non bank organizations, credit unions, and we got hospitality, we got insurance. We started seeing a common trend. Most of these organizations serve the mass market where money, or sales is involved. That's why they can either do after-sale support using our solution or upselling opportunity. So our solution helps with these industries, starting with the hospitality, followed by the banks and financial institutions, help them provide either after-sale customer support more upselling customer support opportunity that you build a relationship with your customer and then either you give a loan or you sell a travel package or you sell an insurance package and then continue providing support based on that. So it goes, what do you call it? It goes, uh, it's like a vicious cycle. It's like a, it's a continuous cycle, right? You, you get a customer, customer writes to you, you provide support, you sell, customer comes back with a question,
0: you provide, you sell, it just goes on and on. So at that point, you said you were like in a way all over the place, banks, travel, and so on. Then how did you niche down, or did it just like, were those the six that are the six today?
1: We were all over the place. No, no, there was more before. We wanted to sell to earlier lines. We wanted to sell to, you know, um, car selling company here and there. What happened is that market demands to you more. And then you also look at the data. What companies are using it the most, right? What parts of the day? What functionality? Let me tell you a quick example. The first time, one of the biggest problems we had when we were building our solution was that for six months, we built the solution without talking to anyone. Number two mistake, don't build the product without talking to your customers, right? And when you look at the problem product profit, that's the second peak. We kept the building, and I had a CTO. I still have it. We are together uh, since 2015 as a co-founders. I, he was building the platform and I was dictating him what feature to build in based on my own experience. He was building, i put the button here, put the functionality here. Six months later, we go to our first customer. I pitch the platform and the customer is like, oh my God, this is like a plane. I love it. It has so many buttons, but, and I'm like, oh my God, okay, get ready. And he said, this is like an airplane, but I need a bicycle. I'm like, you know what, I started defending our product. I'm like, this is gonna do this, this does this, It does this, it has CRM, it has it. The customer said, no, 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 it has too many buttons. I just need to turn it on and get going. I'm like, no, but it's, it does a payment as well. The customer said, this is like an airplane. I don't have a place to park it. I'm like, oh, we can't help. He's like, I can't do this. My budget exceeds this. So if, if you notice, There are so many objections to deal with, right? The customer says, the learning curve is too much. Switching cost is too high. My budget is not enough. Uh, I need a simpler solution. My problem is not that complicated. Why do you give me a complicated solution? So the better solution to this is to start talking to customers as early as possible. However, that being said, you cannot do everything they ask you to do you will end up being a solution for this particular customer or a solution for this particular customer. So what you need to do, you need to hear them, listen to them, take them into your filter, and then start prioritizing which requests are repeating the most. At the end of that, at the end of all customer feedback that we started getting, at the end of one year, we broke down our platform to three things only. Chatbot and automation, omnichannel, and advanced reporting. Customers want to do some part of the work automated. They want to have all channels in one place and they want to see every single minute and every single penny in terms of the advanced report. Once we started giving them these three things, they loved it. Of course, if someone comes and says, do you have something extra? And then we tell them about the features. But when we go to sales now, first of all, I don't sell. I ask a lot of questions to see what problem they have and how we can solve it. And then we'll talk about these three major functions and three major what we call solution. These are not features, these are solutions that we we'll talk about. If you need to hire the right developers and ship fast, then React Squad is for you. A boutique agency that specializes in React and only works with fast growth startups. Get a 14 day risk-free trial and a transparent price of $95 per hour. Visit reactsquad.io to learn more.
0: I love that you start getting in to, to move towards how, it, how it's positioned. And I would love to switch gears a bit into like the, the company building part and come back to how you're selling the product. So you started in 2019, so roughly four and a half years ago. You have more than 1,600 clients. How did you initially get the company off the ground? Like Literally take us through the first three, six, 12 months of getting the, the, the airplane uh, yeah, off the up ground. in the air, basically. Off the ground.
1: Uh, Nicholas, I have to confess that we are not where we want to be right now, right? We are not growing exponentially. It is not like 10x every month. Of course, we would love to do that. However, when we started in the beginning, let me tell you that, first of all, uh, you have to build your network. Many people know me from LinkedIn, and I always say your network is your net worth, right? You have to start building your personal brand. As a founder, share good content, create good content. Now the ChatGPT allows you to create more content and then edit it and share it, right? You have to be recognized in one way or another. I was lucky that since 2012, I had two TED Talks. One of them was in Germany, actually, in and uh, it was in one of the universities, I will tell you the exact university name, uh, that it was a bit far away from, we took a train ride. Uh, I will tell you the university name (laughs) in a second, but it was, was when I was in Germany, one was in Dubai and that these started bringing some, you know, people start noticing. And then I started talking about the customer support, customer acquisition, automation, and. The first time the customer acquisition happened was like when I literally knocked on the doors of the people I know from LinkedIn. And I reached out to them. I said, look, we have built something. It may actually be helpful for your business. And I would love to get together and show it to you. And then I started knocking the doors and going to them physically. One time I clearly remember it was summer of 2019. Even eight, we started 18, officially we got incorporated in 19. It was 18 it was very hot summer summer day and I was literally with my backpack it's right here with my co-founder backpack two laptops we're going to presentation and on the other side of this street I saw an old man selling lots of a he has a big bag on his back he's selling household stuff he's like going door to door selling the sweeps you are selling the vacuum cleaner parts and I t- looked at my co-founder I said look We're doing the same thing. We just sell software. He sells hardware. It's the same thing. We go door to door. You know, uh, they they say uh, these are the these are actually the real entrepreneurship story. So we were knocking on the doors one by one, going to presentations, doing demos, and asking feedback, asking questions. And specifically now I ask much better questions. Now I ask smarter questions. Uh, Back then I was also trying to understand. Yeah, what is how, how they are solving the problem now, right? And yeah, the first first three months were literally knocking the doors. Then the six months to twelve months mostly were offering perks, working on your go to market strategy, looking at the partnerships, affiliated marketing, and then specifically reseller partnerships. Reseller partnership brought us a lot of revenue, and if you can get really good loyal reseller partners, we have very good reseller partners from the Netherlands, and they sell our solution in Europe and then in the Latin America, in Caribbean, because there are some uh, Dutch islands and they have Dutch hotels. So they are reselling to hospitality. And that brings to us a very good uh, revenue as well. Um, It is very hard to get off the ground for the SaaS. It will take long, long time. Even after four and a half years later, we're still not where we would love to do. Like we're not having customers signed up, like hundred customers signing up in one day. That's not. And I noticed that yesterday I personally did a sales call. One customer from, will join from the US, will, six libraries will be joining and using, they, they are already using our free package. Now they are switching to paid package and six libraries with more than 18 pages, 18 channels of communication. And then they will have mostly heavily the automation chatbot, and they will have three operators, three live agents. I noticed that selling a monthly subscription of $100, $150 is as hard as it was day one, and nothing changed. Because you're still selling, and you're still uh, trying to convince people, trying to solve their problem. So of course you'll learn how to do it better, but the process doesn't change. And even though I had salespeople, I still join the sales calls myself from time to time to see if their quality is down or to see if I'm not rusted anymore, like if I'm not rusty anymore. So you need to
0: keep those skills fresh as well. And before we jumped on air and hit record, you told me about a war story you had to go through beginning of this year. I would love for you to, to share that with, with everyone here, because I think every founder knows that it's not always just like roses and sunshines, but there are always hard times. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I'm not embarrassed to accept that, to admit that or we'll talk about that. I remember um, the first hard time we had was uh, 2000, end of 2019, beginning of 2020. We were down to the last $10,000 in our bank account. And I was very concerned every day I was waking up from the bed and I was like, okay, the the, the the staff didn't know that. I didn't tell them about, only my co-founder knew that and myself. Right. And back then we had about <clears throat> six people. And I didn't tell them that, you know, we don't know how the salaries will be paid two months from now. So I was, <laughs> I was literally praying in my bed that, oh, I wish we have more customers. I, I can, I wish we can close uh, more investment deals. I wish, and I was working on them, right? We were, we had some stuff uh, in the pipeline and then after some hard time, uh, money came in and we got good sales, we got investment coming in. 2020, 2021, 2022 were really good years for us. Very profitable, very good. And we were very, <laughs> we, we could save a lot of money as well. And we made a lot of money, right? Myself and my co-founder, we, we made good amount of, However, in the beginning of this year, with the all US investments going dry, with VCs going dry, with the valuations evaluations going down, right, with the FinTechs going out of business, with banks collapsing, we also had a fair share of struggle on our end. Uh, we had to downsize the team. In the beginning of this year, uh, January, we woke up with 32 people. By the end of March, we had 12 people. And one of the hardest things is that something I never did is fighting someone, is letting someone go. And then even it gets harder. By the way, there's a great book I recommend. It's called Hard Things About Hard Things, an amazing book by the Horowitz. I don't, seems like you have, you're familiar with it. You have read it, right? And the book starts with a great paragraph says, it's not hard to have a big dream. It's a hard, it's a hard thing when that dream turns into nightmare. It's not a hard thing to hire the great people. It's a hard thing to manage them when they feel entitled to something. And then when things go worse, you have to let them go. And I didn't understand it until I had the first-hand experience. I had to let some people go. And we, down- we downsized our team from 32 to 12, which was a very challenging part of the uh, entrepreneurship, of the managing and building your company, right? And you have to sit in front of someone and tell them that, thank you for your service. This is, you have two more weeks to go. Please hand over your laptop, so source code and your email, your Slack will be closed. You don't know what to expect. I had guys who deleted the source code and left the team, left us in a very horrible situation. I had guys who didn't bring the company laptops. I had guys who, I had some people who, uh, didn't wait for those two weeks, even though they were paid. They turned off everything. They slack, they email, they're unreachable. And I don't know what's going to happen. So these things happen and this is reality. And we were <laughs> we were like, I told my team that, hey, we may not be able to give you salaries for one month just to be sure, do you have some sort of backup? And I had also engineers coming forward saying that we are ready to work for no salary three to six months, we can handle it. And let's, let's just do this. And I was so embarrassed. I soon will be 14. I was so embarrassed in front of these 23, 25, 28-year-old guys who put their hearts into work. They said, don't worry about the salary. We're in this, we're in this together, and we're going to do it. And then, of course, the money will come, right? Money comes. So I always say, if people don't have money one day, they will have money the next day. So you, that's why you need to keep the relationship going. We had the same thing with customers. I had customers who couldn't pay their invoices. And I had customers who couldn't pay their invoices and it didn't cut off their, uh, what we call service. I have service providers that when I didn't have money, I actually need to mention this. I think you should tag this 360 dialogue. And I want to mention Garrett's name. Garrett is the CEO of this company. He's German, by the way, he's based out of Hamburg. He has a great team, he's based out of um, Hamburg. Garrett is also another entrepreneur who didn't cut our service when we didn't have money to pay for. So, you know, it's just what goes around comes around. And that's where we entrepreneurs support each other. But just like sunny days, there will be a lot of dark days, not just one or two, a lot of dark days. And a couple of days ago, I was asking myself, like, why are we doing this to ourselves? You know, I have a friend, uh, we went to the university together, so we were chatting and I asked him, I said, how many hours per week do you work? He said, about 40, he's a teacher. He said, I said, what do you do in the evenings? He said, I, in the evenings, I, I finish around five, sits, go home, spend time with my two kids, take my wife for a walk, and we have a new pet, we spend time with the, with the pet, I have nice dinner at home. And I said, what do you all do on the weekends? He said, on the weekends, I sleep, I take my family for a walk, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, I go to work to teach. He teaches English language. And I said... Do you have any stress? He said, No, I'm not rich. I'm not super this and that, but I'm, I'm stress free. And he said, He said the same question. He said, So what do you do? I said, Seven days a week, I have stress. I barely see the kid. I rarely go for a walk, right? And this happens and that happens. And I'm like, Huh, why are we doing this to ourselves? But there's something priceless that comes with entrepreneurship it's the freedom to create to build amazing products that will bring value to community by solving their problems. And that's what gives you joy. And I'm not doing this Mother Teresa thing. I'm not doing this Nelson Mandela thing. I'm just talking about bringing me joy uh, both mentally, I mean, in multiple times, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. And you shouldn't be shy. I love the guy uh, the CEO of VFox, Julian Tecke, he's a German guy, right? Julian Tecke or Julian Tecke, CEO of VFox. I admire his work and I admire his leadership skill. So, shouldn't be embarrassed to say entrepreneurship brings me a joy spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. Of course, it trains us. So, you got to be ready for that as well.
0: I think those were some amazing stories and a perfect way. To end the show. Thanks a ton for being so open. Oh, my, my pleasure. It is what it is,
1: you know. And, and when we start looking into the eye of the reality, I think we set the expectations right. Unfortunately, TechCrunch doesn't share the failures, failure stories. Unfortunately, CrunchBase doesn't share those things. I think we should share more of those that, you know, one time failed entrepreneurs, second time failed entrepreneurs struggling startups, hey, let's just get together. I love Elon Musk's words. He says, instead of baby showers, we should also have business showers, right? When someone's starting a business, we should get together and help him with laptop, printer, I don't know, bank account or debit cards or whatever it is. So it is the reality, uh, it's not just shiny and glittering, but it's also a lot of dark days, a lot of challenges, loneliness, a lot of loneliness. I barely have friends. Because of the workload, because of the things you do, right? And I think we entrepreneurs need to talk about this. I have addressed this a lot uh, on LinkedIn that, you know, um, we need to reach out. I actually go to Product Hunt and I like the products I have no idea about. Just to be supportive to other entrepreneurs as well. Because I know that most probably they are
0: going through something similar that I am going. I can fully feel that. (laughs) I I know what you're talking about. Thanks a ton. That was the pot.
1: If you like this episode, then you'll love the SaaS Operator, a weekly newsletter brought to you by Early Node, with actionable insights from SaaS experts in the industry delivered right to your inbox every Tuesday for free. Visit earlynode.com to subscribe.